Hello everyone. Here are other parts of the organized crime world of my childhood. When I was a five-year-old child, I witnessed what is called corruption of authority. That means that I saw police officers receive free drinks, free meals, and other free gratuities because they were police officers. And this happened intentionally for some police officers, and this happened unintentionally for other police officers. Either way, the image of corruption was conveyed. When I was a five-year-old child, I witnessed extortion slash bribery in reference to police officers. I saw that all the types of bribery which are wicked protection for the illegal activities of the police officers. So I saw police officers is ticket fixing, police officers is altering testimony, police officers is destroying evidence, and police officers selling criminal information. They were demanding and receiving payment for criminal offenses. The police officers did that because the police officers were overlooking crimes and possible future crimes And it is sadly and tragically factual that bribery is one of the most common acts of corruption. And that is even true for the police officers, the ones I saw engaging in that. I saw theft and burglary of police officers and police departments because they were stealing from suspects, the ones who were victims and the ones who are corpse, which means dead bodies. Examples of police officers taking drugs for personal use and drug busts is what I saw as a five-year-old child. And police officers taking personal objects from corpse at the scene of crimes I saw that as a five-year-old child, too. And thefts do occur within some police departments because I witnessed that as a five-year-old child. So I did see police officers stealing property from the police department's evidence room and the police department's property room for their personal use and personal usage. When I was a five-year-old child, I witnessed police shakedowns. Which means as a five-year-old child, I saw police officers being aware of crimes. As well as the violators. But I saw police officers accepting bribes. For simply not arresting the violators. When I was a five-year-old child, I witnessed police fixing, which means as a five-year-old child, I saw police officers 
undermining criminal prosecutions by their withholding evidence and failing to appear at judicial hearings for their bribery and as their personal favor. For bribery as a personal favor. That's what I saw as a five-year-old child. As a five-year-old child, I was exposed to police perjury. Uh, As a five-year-old child, I was exposed to police officers lying to protect other police officers and themselves in courts of law and in the midst of police department investigations. As a five-year-old child, I witnessed police officers' internal payoffs. So, I, as a five-year-old child, I witnessed prerogatives and prerequisites of law enforcement organizations such as shifts and holidays being bought and sold. And I usually saw that when it came to police department, some police departments. Um, as a five-year-old child, I witnessed police officer overtime fraud, which means as a child, I saw police officers obtaining large sums of overtime without being at work. So basically, they got paid a lot of money and they were absent from the job. As a five-year-old child, I saw the frame-up of by police officers. I saw police officers planting and adding to evidence, especially in narcotic cases, drug cases, if you will. I saw ticket fixing from police officers, a five-year-old child. I saw police officers canceling traffic tickets as a favor to their friends and their family members and as favor to the friends and family of other police officers that they knew personally and knew of. So I did witness police corruption. Um, Police corruption is a form of police misconduct in which law enforcement officers end up breaking their political contract and abuse their power for personal gain. I saw that sometimes. This type of corruption may involve one or a group of officers. I saw that sometimes. Internal police corruption is a challenge to public trust, cohesion of departmental policies, human rights, and legal violations involving serious consequences. Police corruption can take many forms, such as bribery, so all these things. Um, soliciting or accepting bribes in exchange for not reporting organized drug or prostitution rings or other illegal activities and violations of law, county, and city ordinances and state and federal laws. I saw all those things sometimes. Bribes may, bribes may also include leasing unlawful access to prop, prote, 
proprietary law enforcement databases and systems. I saw these things sometimes. Flouting the police code of conduct in order to secure convictions of civilians and suspects, for example, the use of falsified evidence. I saw that sometimes. There are also situations where law enforcement officers may deliberately, systematically participate in organized crime themselves, which I did see sometimes. I did see police officers who were running brothels, um, running drug trafficking rings, running sex trafficking rings, um, running human trafficking rings, um, bootlegging alcohol, um, I saw them some of them became robbers burglars some were known for stabbing some were killers themselves and And these were the same types of people that were unfaithful to their spouses and life partners, even their unmarried life partners. And some were statutory rapists. Some were pedophiles. And some were involved in um, numbers running too. I personally had to commit crimes with criminals that were a part of police departments. So it was, there's no word to describe how I felt. The best way I can describe it is a mixed bag of everything, emotionally speaking, that I can tell you. Um... And even new police officers who would um, solicit prostitutes, we say sex workers, in our modern day back then they were called prostitutes. And there were police officers who were criminals who had babies by sex workers, would have sex with sex workers, some wore condoms, most the time sex was unprotected and I would see these things the type of criminals that was around me they did a lot of their stuff out in the open um sometimes walking by sometimes I mind my own business and they in front of me carrying on their their um unlawful misconduct and You know, this will happen in like seedy parts of town where they would park their car in like alley areas, go into the alley and do it. 
be at a hotel room and do it sometimes. You could make out what was seen by walking by. Even though the curtains would be closed, the curtains were kind of open enough where you could actually see everything sexually that was heard as well as displayed. So you would see people going from fully clothed to fully nude, the undressing, the whole nine yards of sex, all things sex you would see in here. And I remember um, some police officers were pimps, some were madams, because there were some women police officers that were madams, and these police officers really liked me. They never, um, felt like they could really be cool with somebody until they interacted with me, and they thought I was the coolest thing ever. And they were hard on everybody else in terms of um, not being so lenient and forgiving when it came to you know, you only got one chance if you mess with me, I'm gonna get you but with me they weren't really like that because I didn't do criminal business with them like that I mean, time to time, but It wasn't a regular thing. For the most part, I left them alone. They left me alone. And so they were very warped in quote-unquote protecting me because I I wouldn't bother them. I didn't talk to them like that. I wasn't trying to kiss up to them, and I didn't. Um, But they would use their like police credentials to make it clear that if you um, disrespect Antonio any kind of way, um, I I am the law so I can actually have you serve the worst sentences ever or I can find a way to transport you to a state that permits the death penalty or even though I'm the law I have plenty of criminals that will kill for me or you'll get the worst beating of your life or I'll have people rob you every day so there were some of the reasons why I wasn't bothered with much. And this was before the killers came along. Some parts of the story I I tell you is when the killers, the bodyguards were there, and this was before they came along. Um, There was a handful of police officers who, who would rape me. Usually it was mostly the women police officers and like two, three 
amount of maybe four, thinking of between two to four male officers. Well, the police officers who liked me and didn't rape me, the ones I told you about, actually had those officers killed by gun violence. They hired their criminal friends to do those deeds. But the rest of the women police officers and male police that did crimes with these cops that I told you about were actually cool with me. In the sense of, oh man, you know, we look out for Antonio type of thing. We do crimes with Antonio and nobody nobody better fuck with him. That's how they felt. Um, Yeah, there were some police officers that had their own... um, What is called a drug empire. Criminalistic language just rubs me the wrong way. But they had their own drug empires making illegal wealth off of drugs transporting um, selling and buying using that was them Um, some of the officers got high off their own supply just a handful of them did let me keep going on it says selective enforcement which I saw it says In most major cities, there are internal affairs sections to investigate suspected police corruption and police misconduct, including selective enforcement, again, which I saw. But there's a situation where internal affairs also hides police department, departmental and police individual corruptions, which I saw, such as fraud, abuse, and waste by individual officers, which I saw. Groups of officers even unwritten departmental policies, which I saw. There are also police commissions who are complicit in the same cover-ups, which I saw, often to hide internal and departmental problems, both from public view and also from interdepartmental reviews and investigations, which I saw. Certain officers can be fired and rehired by petition after they accrue enough signatures, which I saw often from the very criminals and violators from whom corrupt officers have garnered previous favors in exchange for officers, quote-unquote, turning a blind eye, resulting in selective enforcement of violations being deterred but actually promoted, which I saw. Some of the officers that I told y'all about that acted cool with me they um hanging out with them and sometimes there were criminals who didn't like the officers they started trying they started trying to they tried to beat me up anybody hanging out with these officers they wanted to get at and they started trying to beat me up and I had to let them know hey I let them know in a cool, calm way, basically, I said something along the lines of, why would you try to attack somebody that ain't got a problem with you? 
that made them stop. Because, and then I said, I hang out with everybody. Because I'm, I'm, I just, I talk to people. I, I remember saying that. I'm just, I've said something along the lines of, but I just hang out with everybody. I just talk to people. I, I don't know who has a problem with who. I don't get into that stuff. And so, they, you know, they was apologetic because then, because then other people started saying, yeah, Antonio, man, Antonio don't be, Antonio ain't, he ain't rah-rah just to be rah-rah. That ain't him, if, you know. And they said, the only time it gets rah-rah is if you disrespect women or you disrespect people with disabilities or you disrespect, you know, queer people, you know, people that on the, you know, treated really badly in life. That's the only time we get around other than that. He's cool, calm, collected, customer type of dude. And those criminals were able to, you know, we were able to handshake it out and hug it out in the quote-unquote goodfellas way. So then I remember, um... The officers let it go. Another time. Um, these criminals start trying to attack me. This time they weren't trying to have a conversation. There was nothing that could convince them. So they were trying to attack me. And I remember the police officer, like, they never hit me. They were trying to, but... Um, the police officer stepped in between me and them and beat them senseless. And then the criminal friends were nearby. And the criminal friends, because it would be me, them, and their criminal friends. And their criminal friends robbed them. Like, to the point where they were almost naked because... They used to walk around with a lot of cash stacks, a lot of jewelry items, and even robbed their wallets. They had more than one wallet of more than one social security card and credit cards and debit cards. And the, um, the criminal friends just took all of that and left them bleeding for death. Now, the ambulance was called by people who saw it. And they were able to make full recovery. And the guy, the criminal friends, pressed charges. And that law enforcement was sent in. And the crooked law enforcement criminal friends were all sent to jail. But that person who pressed charges also went to jail because... They basically told on each other. So they all went to prison for that. And it was, the police officers stood in between us. It was actually two of them. It was two dudes. And they, they, and they were the ones who beat up and had the criminal friends rob, right? There were some, a couple of police, there were some police officers, maybe six of them, that would rob people. 
And so that those were the criminal friends who robbed was six people who actually work in the police department. And they went to prison. So nobody told on me because it's embarrassing to admit, well, we had a child in our organized crime miss. That would not fl- flow well with them. That's why they never brought up my name. Not even the guy pressing charges because he was embarrassed too. They were all like, we're going to jail. So they had this, see, people in the organized crime world, they had this no snitching, no ratting out on Antonio Clause because they were all embarrassed to even admit, yeah, we we having a child commit crimes with us, for us, and under us, and by us. So that's why you, you never saw me as a child on TV for or on the news for anything bad, especially crime, because it was it was humiliating. That's why they decided, look, we all go we, we all gonna go down except Antonio. That's why um there were people who were crowds of people, you know, when I was protecting women, protecting people with disabilities, protecting queer people. Because they were the ones being picked on the most. Um, I was protecting black people too. I was protecting anybody who was um, made to feel insignificant and inferior. Um, but the crowds of people who were not used to people being protected... They were the ones who had a don't tell on Antonio clause because we don't have enough males protecting the disadvantaged, so we're not going to blow Antonio's cover. That's why I was able to never be mentioned to any law enforcement. Because people had this sense of, people had this sense of like, I don't want, I just don't want to lump Antonio with anything bad. He's such a good person. I don't want to lump him with anything bad. And then as for the anonymous tips I told y'all about, they figured, okay, we want to be able to say something, but we still don't want to say Antonio's name because if he, his family, his friends, you know, who have nothing to do with this, that, who have nothing to do with anything bad, they don't need to be implicated in all this. And that's why I never got directly reported on. Um, let me keep going. It says, Often from the very criminals and violators from whom corrupt officers have garnered previous favors in exchange for officers turning a blind eye in quotations, resulting in selective enforcement of violations being deterred by actually promoted. That's all these things. Police corruption is a significant widespread problem in many departments and agencies worldwide. I saw all those things. It is not possible to measure the level of corruption in a country. Um, that's sadly a fact. Surveys of police officers, citizens, and businesses can be used to provide estimates on levels of corruption. That's a hard fact. 
These are often inaccurate as respondents involved in corruption are reluctant to provide any any information implicating themselves in criminal activity, which I alluded to earlier. And that is a hard fact, too. You know, despite this limitation, information collected from international crime victim surveys and surveys conducted by the Global Corruption Enumerated Barometer can be used to estimate the level of police corruption, which is another hard fact. And police officers have several opportunities to gain personally from their status and authority as law enforcement officers. And there are corrupt officers who are the two types, meat eaters who aggressively misuse their police powers for personal gain, which I saw, and grass eaters who simply accept the payoffs that the happenstances of police work throw their throw their way. Who simply accept the payoffs that the happenstances of police work throw their way. I saw those things too. Um... That's what the NAC Commission investigated corruption in the New York City Police Department in the early 1970s said, but I saw it for myself. And there are multiple typologies of police corruption that have been asserted by academics. However, common corrupt acts that have been committed by police officers were classified as the ones I, the type of corrupt acts I told y'all earlier. And similar entities include the British Independent Police Complaints Commission, so... There are commissions who do talk about and address the police corruption issue. So, um, So there was does um I did um witness police brutality occurring against black indigenous people of color and people of Hispanic descent, but mostly black indigenous people of color. So police brutality is the intentional use of excessive force by a police officer. I saw that sometimes. Though usually physical has the potential to arise in the form of verbal attacks and psychological intimidation, which I saw sometimes too. And it's in some instances triggered by a contempt of cop. Example, perceived disrespect towards police officers, which I saw sometimes. Um, I saw, you know, police corruption is a specific form of police misconduct designed to obtain financial benefits slash a career advancement for police officer or police officers in exchange for not pursuing or selectively pursuing investigation arrest, which I saw, I saw these things sometimes. Uh, police misconduct refers to inappropriate actions taken by police officers in connection with their official duties. Police misconduct can lead to a miscarriage of justice, sometimes involves discrimination, which I saw 
sometimes. So, I'm going to just mention exactly what I saw. Um, I, I think I can best sum it up this way. Police brutality is the excessive and unwarranted use of force by law enforcement against an individual or group. In this case, the individuals, like I said, tended to be black, indigenous people of color and Hispanic people, but mostly black, indigenous people of color. It is an extreme form of police misconduct and it's a civil rights violation. So I saw black people being the victims of police brutality and therefore I saw black people being the victims of the most civil rights violations at the hands of police officers engaging in police misconduct against them. Police brutality includes what is not limited to asphyxiation, which I saw, beatings, which I saw, shootings, which I saw, improper takedowns, which I saw, and unwarranted use of tasers, which I saw. So, At the hands of police, black people were the victims of asphyxiation the most, beatings the most, shootings the most, improper takedowns the most, and unwarranted use of tasers the most. In dictatorial, corrupt, or weak states, police officers may carry out many criminal acts for the ruling regime with impunity. Saw that sometimes. Individual officers, or sometimes whole units, can be corrupt or carry out various forms of police misconduct, which I saw sometimes. This occasionally happens in many forces, but can be more common where police pay is very low unless supplemented by bribes, which I saw sometimes. Police officers sometimes act with unwarranted brutality when they overact to confrontational situations, which I saw sometimes, or to extract a confession from a person that they may or may not genuinely suspect of being guilty, which I saw sometimes. Um, And it gets worse, y'all. This is not something that I glorify. I don't glorify anything about organized crime. I glorify nothing when it comes to organized crime. I know I'm repeating myself. I know I'm being redundant. I'm saying the same thing different way. I know, but it's for emphasis. I did witness police misconduct as a five-year-old child. Police misconduct refers to inappropriate conduct and illegal actions taken by police officers in connection with their official duties. So the, which I saw sometimes, you can hear me say that a lot. You already used to it and in this episode already. Types of misconduct include, among others, coerce, false confection. I saw that sometimes. Intimidation, saw that sometimes. False arrest, I saw that sometimes. False imprisonment, 
I saw that sometimes. Falsification of evidence, I saw that sometimes. Spoliation of evidence, I saw that sometimes. Police perjury, I saw that sometimes. Witness tampering, I saw that sometimes. Tampering with evidence, I saw that sometimes. Police brutality, saw that sometimes. Police corruption, saw that sometimes. Racial profiling, I saw that sometimes. Unwarranted surveillance, I saw that sometimes. Unwarranted searches, I saw that sometimes. Unwarranted seizure of property, I saw that sometimes. And let me tell you, these are all forms of police misconduct, which I saw sometimes. So, the most victimized by coerced false confessions were black indigenous people of color. The most victimized by intimidation were black indigenous people of color. The most victimized by false arrests were black indigenous people of color. The most victimized by false imprisonment were black indigenous people of color. The most victimized by falsification of evidence were black indigenous people of color. The most victimized by spoliation of evidence were black indigenous people of color. The most victimized by police perjury were black indigenous people of color. The most victimized by witness tampering were black indigenous people of color. The most victimized by tampering with the evidence were black indigenous people of color. The most victimized by police brutality were black indigenous people of color. The most victimized by police corruption were black and indigenous people of color. The most victimized by racial profiling were black indigenous people of color. The most victimized by unwarranted surveillance were black indigenous people of color. The most victimized by unwarranted searches were black indigenous people of color. And the most victimized by unwarranted seizure of property were black indigenous people of color. These are all the forms of police misconduct that victimized black indigenous people of color the most. And I saw all these things happen when I was five years old. Um, So types of police misconduct include bribing or lobbying legislators to pass and maintain laws that give police excessive power and status. I saw that sometimes. Similarly, bribing or lobbying city council members to pass and maintain municipal laws that make victimless acts ticketable. Example, bicycling on the sidewalk so as to get more money. I saw that sometimes. Selective enforcement. um, Throwing the book at people who one dislikes is often related to racial discrimination. You know, I saw that sometimes. Sexual misconduct. I saw that a lot of times. Off-duty misconduct, I saw that a lot of times. Killing of dogs unjustly, I saw that every now and then. Noble cause corruption with officer believes the good outcomes justify bad behavior, I saw that a lot of times. Using badge or other ID to gain entry to concerts, get discounts, etc. I saw that sometimes. Influence of drugs or alcohol while on duty, I saw that a lot of times. Violations by officers of Violations by officers of police procedural policies. I saw that sometimes. Abuse of police procedures. I saw that a lot of times. Um,
just taking a breather. In other circumstances, police will illegally seize, destroy, and delete evidence recorded by civilians. I saw that sometimes. In spite of laws making a crime destroy evidence of a crime being committed. I still saw that sometimes. Um, to protect their interests, some officers have resorted to verbal intimidation as well as physical violence against civilians attempting to record their misdeeds. I saw that sometimes. Um, I'm just amazed that I saw so much as a child and I'm and that's not good amazement as you can already tell um so there was um so I'm explaining to you some of the reasons the troubled history between people considered minorities in America and their indignation and distrust and mistrust regarding some law enforcement officials. And I can personally attest, I can personally attest to that because I actually witnessed it. So, to make it simpler, yes, I saw general distrust of police in the community. I witnessed the bad apples, rotten apple theory, and the reduced effectiveness. You know, reduced effectiveness, meaning even there were um, people who were part, who members of the of trials, members of criminal courts, civilian courts, they started being distrustful of some officers too. So I had to talk a lot about that world. So this first hour, you know, I'll be talking a lot about the organized crime when I was in. I'm getting it all out. Um, I just remember growing up in that world, and there were women who were afraid to call the po- the police. Pay phones, home phones, cell phones. Even though it wasn't as fast when to carry on a cell phone back then as it is now. From what I do remember, I was able to help them call the um, 
the police on all their phones because sometimes they would be assaulted or about to be assaulted and it could be in their home and I was there because women loved to have me in their home they invited me or you know where the pay phones were because sometimes spending time with women male pigs wanted to be male pigs or they had their cell phones out And they wanted to make sure that they could quickly get help, you know, to the best of their ability. So there were women who were told to sweep abuse, trauma, victimization of any kinds and all kinds under the rug. So they were hesitant to call the police because they were brainwashed to believe that justice is an enemy to them. And I was able to successfully convince them through compassionate questions and compassionate statements that no, sweeping this under the rug is is evil. And not getting any help for the pain, that's evil too. So they would cry and hug me as I would just, they would cry and hug me, squeeze hug each other tightly. Then, when it came to the payphone, I used the coins, some of the coins I got from the drug world. I I would put the coins in the slots because the women were like, I don't have any money on me right now. And I said, I do. So I put on, so I put the coins in the slot. And... I called the pay phones. I had to do this sometimes. This happened on many occasions where I would put my coin, the, the drug world money, some of the money I would get, you know, from the customers. I put the coins in the coin slot for the pay phone. And it would go through, meaning it worked out. I was able to use the phone. And I would call 911 and I would disguise my voice and I could articulately explain because I was crying too. I was really in pain because the women were in pain. And I was crying. I was talking about I was raped. They did this and they did that. I was describing what happened to the women, but I felt like it was happening to me. And I noticed the women looking at me very compassionately, very intently, and they're huddled around me, watching me talk on the phone. And this type of thing would happen with also not just pay phones, but whatever use their house phone or cell phone, disguising my voice, making their pain my pain, crying, talking about how I was raped and beaten and everything in those natures. And they would be huddled around me. And the police would come. And before the police would come, I would say, you have to report everything that happened to you. You have to tell the full truth. If you have to tell it while crying and snotting and boogers and even if it's a little blood, just just tell the truth. If that means you physically bleed, spiritually bleed, I told them tell the truth this is how you get helped this is how you get loved this is how you get care 
This is how you get justice. And this also sends a message to other people that your justice will never be delayed or denied. I remember saying that, those exact words. I think I was about five at the time. I was five at the time. And effort and um those guys went to prison but they said Antonio I have one condition I said yes I can't put you in this report but I'll mention everything else and I said fine if that helps you heal do it and they said it helps me I said proceed and then they explained after, you know, the guy went to prison and we would still hang out sometimes and they had this glow about them. They really enjoyed life. At, at first, their family wasn't happy, but they, they explained to the family, no, when something bad happens and it's a crime. And they quoted me to them when I told them the, the whole um if you got her tail while bleeding or crying or even sweating, then do it. I remember saying that to them, that other stuff I was telling you about that I said to them, why it's important to tell the truth and why you got to get healed and justice and those type of things. And more people in the family started adopting that. They just never said I said it, but they quoted me to them without referencing me or my name. And the women had to go about themselves. They were... Walking on sunshine, cloud nine, just very bubbly, very thankful to me and expressing it verbally and hugging me a lot when we would talk. And crying tears of joy when we talked to. So I always had my tissue nearby because I knew that women were emotional. I'm like, I'm emotional. So if I got tissues for you, I got tissues for me. So we would cry, cry tears of joy and hug each other sometimes. Sometimes we cried tears of depression because sometimes the past hurt. And we would just cry together. It was tears of joy, tears of depression. We would just cry. And from what I remember, I can honestly tell you That that was a big experience I really had with them. Because um, to be on a 9-11 recorder call and my little boy voice was mistaken for a woman's voice because I didn't always use the the type of voice that was heard miles away, that was earthquaking, booming, husky, raspy, baritone-based. I was able to make my voice sound like that. But with women, I used my typical little boy voice. So they thought I was a woman, but I was actually... Uh, a, a a child male. 
and um, that's why. Because if you you know, on the recorded calls, sound like a woman. So in their minds, I did, but you couldn't tell the difference. Um, I don't mean to be misogynistic because I know I'm not. Usually, society attributes women's voices to be high-pitched. And as a little boy, my voice was obviously high-pitched, which is normal. Kids' voices are usually high-pitched. And the way I talked, there was no distinction between how I talked and a lot of most of the women in my life how they talk you know so that was what I was exposed to and I can honestly say that a world like that is not a world that I would want anybody to be in. I was thinking about the fact that fighting with the police. I even saw um, black men, female, black females too, being slammed to the ground, slammed to the cop car. And uh, shoved inside police cars. Um, I've heard racial epithets racist statements and racial slurs being directed towards the black indigenous people of color community but at the hands of at the hands and lips of police officers um I saw, uh, there were times where I saw police officers and black indigenous people of color literally fighting each other like taking the baton and using it on on each other. I saw them shoot each other, kill each other. Um, I even saw criminals robbing the police and some crooked cops robbing black people of color. And I saw them cuss each other out, yell at each other, call each other the most harmful of names. And I I saw each other give each other death threats, 
violent threats, murderous threats, sometimes successfully activating those three types of threats and other times just lip service. And I saw them testify against each other, you know, and even though Black News People of Color went to jail more, I did see crooked cops go to jail a lot. And, um, you know, what really amazed me unpleasantly about all this, because all this unpleasantly amazes me, um... So yeah, these um, there's a lot of you know crooked cops going to getting being jailed and locked up the most. And then another thing I I just remember um, how when I was in that world. I uh, of organized crime I can honestly tell you that I witnessed cockfighting rings the killing of stray cats uh, dogfighting rings and abusive pet owners being abusive to their pets. Um, I witnessed child murder, serial killing, pedophilia, hate crimes, domestic violence, rape, um, crimes committed against the elderly, crimes committed against animals, crimes committed against people with disabilities, crimes committed against queer people, crimes committed against the poor, and crimes committed against the less fortunate. I saw bullying, muggings, home invasions, stalking, sexual assault, child molestation, and disputes between neighbors. I saw um, forced apologies, people being threatened, people being forced to return stolen objects, I saw vandalizing property, arson, being forced to move, bombings, being assaulted and battered, kidnappings, false imprisonment, false imprisonment, torture, and people being murdered. Um, now, this part I want to highlight. In America, there's an... Um, in America... In this country, I did see animal warfare individuals volunteer to rescue animals in need and combat against people who commit animal cruelty, such as breaking up cockfighting rings, stopping the killing of stray cats, breaking up dogfighting rings, rescuing pets from abusive owners. I saw all these things. And it is true, in the American prison system, prison gangs are often known to physically harm and even kill inmates who have committed such crimes as child murder, serial killing, pedophilia, hate crimes, domestic violence, and rape. 
and inmates who have committed crimes against the elderly, animals, the people with disabilities, the poor and the less fortunate. I saw all those things. Um, I saw all these things. In many minority communities and poor neighborhoods, residents often distrust law enforcement. As a result, the gang syndicates often take over to quote-unquote police their neighborhoods by committing acts against people who had committed crimes such as bullying, muggings, home invasions, hate crimes, stalking, sexual assault, domestic violence, and child, child molestation, as well as mediating disputes between neighbors. I saw all of these things. The, the ways that the gangs would punish such individuals could range from forced apologies, being threatened, being forced to return stolen objects, vandalizing property, arson, being forced to move, bombings, being assaulted and slash or battered, kidnappings, false imprisonment, torture, and slash or being murdered. I saw all these things. Some criminal syndicates have been known to hold their own quote-unquote trials for members of theirs who have been accused of wrongdoing. The punishments that the accused member would face if quote-unquote found guilty would vary depending on the offense. For example, committing crimes against adults, depending on what it was, it could be killings, beatings, robbings. Sex crimes, it was all killings. Other types of crimes, just beatings, robbings, and sometimes killings. So I did witness animal cruelty growing up organized crime. I just wanted to 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 highlight that. Um, and getting back to, you know, the crime world that I was telling y'all about. So in that world, I um can honestly tell you this, and this is real. I did see I did see um a lot of times I saw like SWAT type of teams, you know, bulldozing uh mostly drug houses. N- not as much with the brothels, I mean here and there, but they didn't really bulldoze them because the police officers loved the sexual services they got from the brothels so they weren't really big into bulldozing brothels but drug houses oh yeah they easily bulldoze those and you see people running and screaming from their lives in those places like you see people arrested jailed fingerprinted arraigned indicted um parents screaming at the officers to release their sons right now and parents being violent towards the cops and the cops having to say, okay, we're charged with assault and police officer. Anything you say you do can be against you in the court of law. I saw this stuff. Now, because I often look like an innocent bystander, cops would, because they would see me with adults, they didn't know that the adults around me were criminals. They just didn't look like a typical, they didn't look like a, the kind of criminal you would assume in the movies or television, but that's why they would see me and leave me alone. Like, I remember having pleasant interactions with police officers. I was never a victim of, of, um, you know, of police officers, um, racially profiling me. I saw it happen to other people. They, they just didn't do it to me. Um, they never pulled a gun out on me. They never beat me. They never, you know, hit me. I'm talking about the majority of police officers. Now, there were a couple of officers that were crooked cops. Notice, 
the police officers who did their jobs well and were of decency, I had pleasant interactions with all of them. Um, the only two, the other two officers who did give me problems, um, were crooked cops who were jealous of me. I, at the time, I didn't know why they was jealous of me. So, um, what happened at the time was, you know, they tried, they were trying to report me to law enforcement. And they heard of how well-liked I was in the streets for the most part, you know. Most criminals didn't have a problem with me, but they were jealous that I had this kind of clout that they didn't have. So they're like, okay, we're gonna return Antonio to the police. So they tried to get me to physically fight them just so they could say, hey, let's cause problems for Antonio and his family and his friends, da-da-da. They never got a They were trying to do that. As they were about to swing on me, um, a bullet from the back of their head, the bullet, I saw a bullet go into the back of their head and they fell down dead. That was one cop. And the other cop, um, also had a bullet put to the back of his head because it was two, they were jealous of me. And I remember it was a couple of them because they felt like, hey, we want to have that pull on the streets too. We want people to uh, protect us. Why, you know, he got a lot of criminal sympathizers who protect him. It was usually women criminal sympathizers were more into quote unquote protecting me in a war way than the men criminal sympathizers so it was it the it was a group it was a group of women criminal sympathizers this is for the criminals became you know came along it was a group of them and they um it was they used um They used the uh, shotguns because I heard ch pow. I heard twice. So it was a group of them, but it was two shooters. No, it was actually one shooter. It was one shooter. You know, one it one shooter fired two bullets. So it was ch bow, then ch bow, and they fell down dead. And to my knowledge, nobody ever reported him to police because crooked cops were the type of people that nobody wanted to protect in the organized crime world. So, um, that was the type of world where, um, You know, that's what happened to them. 
Their bodies were not even put in unmarked grave. Dug in the side of the road. It was, and their bodies were just buried in, in the woods on the, in, on the side of a road way down in the uh, grass area. And just dug, they dug a hole, shoved them way down in the, to like the very bottom, covered them up and went on about their business. And these are, and women criminal sympathizers were the bodyguards before the bodyguards in quotations. So I remember it was women bodyguards, the women killers who came along later, they bodyguarded me along with the women criminal sympathizers. And the the most um, visible demographic, the largest population, were sex workers. Like I, like I said in, in the past, the sex workers were the people that would bodyguard me the most. Uh, and they bodyguard me up the most with the women killers. And with sex workers in downtown DC, for example, they didn't dress in any kind of provocative way, no revealing clothing. They dressed like any woman you would see in downtown, any downtown area. You don't think much about what she's wearing. In seedy areas, they would dress with provocative, revealing clothes. And at the same time, guys were scared to give them street harassment because these sex workers, and I love sex workers, okay? I love them as people. And I don't think that sexual services are bad. Um, I'm not glorifying anything of what these sex workers anybody did in terms of the world I was in. Per se, I, I just wanted to say that yes, and for sex workers, right? So for sex workers, and at the same time, um, I, I'm just being honest about these parts of my life. So let me get to it. I'm almost finished talking about organized crime. I'm just getting this all out of my system. In that world, um, the sex workers I was around, we would talk, laugh, joke, and just walk together. Um, because sex workers were the most violent in terms of protecting me, the most most murderous in terms of protecting me, and they were the most feared when it came to protecting me because they were the people that made it clear, if you disrespect Antonio the first time, we're going to kill you the first time. So, it was... Regarding the sex workers, I remember like these guys were scared. Guys were scared to give them street harassment because these sex workers were known to be extremely volatile, profoundly moody, and loose cannons. If you disrespected them. Because you know, they only gave you one chance to disrespect them. They had no fuse. They they didn't have 
they didn't even have a short fuse. They had no fuse. What that means is prepare to have your life taken away if you disrespected them and people that they loved. These were not the type of sex workers that tolerated any kind of mistreatment. I'm not buying into the myth that sex workers endure Like all sex workers endure violence, that's not true. But some did in the world, organized crime world I was in. But there were other sex workers, the ones I was talking about, most of them in organized crime had this, you better not put your hands on me or else mantra. But all these violent, feared, and murdered sex workers... They all got along with each other when it came to me. They may not all have liked each other, but they said, look, we have to put our differences aside when it comes to Antonio. It doesn't matter how I feel about you. It doesn't matter how I feel about me. What does matter is we going to look out for Antonio. They were all, that was the only person that they were extremely nice to. I was the only person they made sure don't when it comes to being around Antonio, do not yell because that bothers him. Do not disturb him any kind of way. And try not to talk about what you do for a living around him. And try and don't expose him to what we do. So whenever we do our adult business, make sure he's with a bunch of adults that are not going to tell him what we do. How did I find out? Um... Being around sex work before they came along, way before they came along, I saw it. But when it came to these sex workers, they made sure I never heard or saw anything. So they had people they were friends with, like, watch Antonio, I'm about to do my job. Don't talk to him about what we do. Just just talk to him about kid stuff. Don't treat him like a baby, but don't, but, you know, don't treat him like a grown-up either. That's how sex workers felt. And I would hear them say it, and how did I know they were sex workers? The streets were talking. And I never brought it up much to them because I knew that that would cause a rampage of murder and violence and fear in fearsomeness because that did happen before with uh, a few other sex workers. They found out that I found out through the shoes what they were doing and that's what occurred. So these other sex workers were more like, you know, hey, you know, I don't want to tell them to expose. So the sex workers were just very kind to me. I know that Kindness is up for interpretation, up in the air, and niceness. I know. I agree. It may have been disingenuous. It may have been, like, a little bit of genuineness. I don't know what to designate it. I just know that they did not yell a lot or really much yell when it came to me. They would use their inside voices, like, you know, speak softly. He likes that. That's what they would. That's what they would say to each other, and um, and then um, I do remember um, in particular 
sex workers make sure don't cuss around don't do that treat he's a kid don't you know that's how they talk and um that's how they what they said now these sex workers were it was amazing that they never I never heard them around me talk like that and I never talked like that with them because I didn't even think to do that because it was understood if you're not going to talk that way with me I ain't going to talk that way with you with other sex workers I do remember that did I hear them cuss every time we were together yeah because they felt like you know I'm not they felt like well, it, I'm cussing with him. I ain't cussing at him. So that we would curse together. And I do remember... I did see a lot of sex work. Being a person who was made to hustle drugs and brothels. I saw sex work. I saw what they was doing. Not all the brothel persons wanted drugs. Just a handful. Um... Now, these guys were afraid to um, do any kind of um, street harassment, also because there was a history of that happening. Sex workers just banded together, and they decided, we're not having this anymore. So when guys saw them, they could look, but they couldn't touch. If, if you weren't paying, there was no touching allowed. And from what I, you know, what I remember about that world, the brothels and drug houses are usually kept clean and tidy. It looked like, it looked like, it looked like yachts and mansions and palaces on the inside. But if you looked at the outside, it looked like a rundown shack. They did that to so law enforcement would be duped by them, even fooled by them. Um, you know, I just, um, it would just, you know, a lot of people would say that my interest in being a sex worker myself comes from that world, and I would say no. Uh, Antonio is who Antonio is without organized crime, with or- with organized crime. I am who I am. I was going to go in that direction anyway. So, I, I am very sensitive to sex workers because of who I am. It's just that, yes, I'm sensitive to sex workers partly because of what I saw. I, um, you know, there were sex workers that wore revealing clothing. Now, the ones that did, those are the ones who cussed with me and stuff like that. You know, there's some sex workers who didn't like it. Um, the ones who didn't curse with me wore, they wore typical clothes downtown in seedy areas they wore typical clothes but of course in brothels they wore revealing clothing and they wore um 
provocative clothing. Yeah, because when it's time when they feel like it's time to work, we wear those type of clothes. But other than that, when we're not working, we don't wear these clothes. Now some sex workers like I wear these clothes everywhere I go. Some board downtown didn't care. While other sex workers are like, okay, I wear it in these seedy areas, but not the downtown uppity, up nice upscale areas. So there are sex workers who were, you know, they found out you cussing with him, blah, 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 and you, you know, you yelling around him. They're like, well, I'm not yelling at him. I do keep, you know, I do keep my voice down when I talk. Sometimes I talk a little loud, but I'm not super loud. I'm not bothering him. I'm, so the sex workers, I remember they were talking to me. They're like, how does it make you feel that cussing with you and, you know, being a little loud sometimes? So I'm like, well, they do try their best to keep it down. So I, you know, I just, I remember saying that um, I, I get a little startled and I tell them and they, you know, do keep it down. And they said, what about the cussing? But I'm like, well, I said, well, they're not directing it at me so I you know I, I I can't get offended and then I'm like well at first I don't understand why you know grown-ups and adults but I, I said well every adult is different on that and then you know it was just so the sex workers were like they didn't they were still like well you shouldn't be using that language around the kid but they felt like okay fine just don't use it at him and they agreed to that. And they said, you're not exposing him to what we do. They're like, girl, I don't talk to him about that. It's actually refreshing to not, to have somebody not, not to talk to about this. You know, they said, we talk about this too much, what we do. I want to be able to talk about other things. Like, I want to talk about smart stuff, intellectual stuff. I get to tell you all the time, it's fun. That's how it was. So did I ever see sexual harassment, street harassment happen to sex workers? Yeah. Um, The sex workers handled it very quickly. There were times where I handled it myself, bloody pulp beat down to those male misogynists. And the sex workers were like, oh, wow. You really do love us. So that's how it was. And then... You know, last thing, last part of my life I'll mention is this. One time there was a guy who was talking to another guy about killing a woman. I'm walking up. He's he's in a park area, park bench. And um, I, I was armed with a gun at the time. And so what I remember is walking up on him because they're planning on this how we're going to kill a woman so what we going to do so I walked I pulled my gun out um so another thing I wanted to run by you was like so I pulled my gun out I walk up on the dudes, and they were sitting next to each other. So I got to walk up on them. I walked to them very slowly, non-creepily. I hugged them because I leaned over, 
and I wrap my arms around their neck, their necks, but my gun was in my hand while I hugged them and they got startled. And I put my the gun to their heads. They were sitting next to each other still. And I said to them, I heard you said, I heard you pieces of dog shit say that you were going to kill a woman. And that's when they understood that we, we got to call off this plan. Because there was a woman that they were thinking about killing. She was walking by. And apparently they tried to have sex with her. But she rebuffed their sexual advances toward her. So the next day they were at the park. And they saw that same woman. But they didn't speak to her. And to my knowledge she didn't see them. But um, they saw her. She, they tried to have sex with her. She was like, no, I'm not into you like that. She said that to both of them. So as soon as they were about to scream, but I put, I was able to, um, they did scream. And that's when I quickly shut them up. Because I ordered them to. And I put my hands over their mouth. With the gun in my hand. So I was able to cover their mouths with my arms too. So the woman heard the commotion and ran to us ran to us and she's looking at me shocked. And I said to her, These guys were planning to wipe you the fuck out. That's what I said to her. I said, I'm not cussing a cuss. This is exactly verbatim. Word for word quote that they said. And I said, I I understand. Kid shouldn't have a gun. I get all that, but I got to protect the women. The queens, the ladies. I told them to leave the ladies the fuck alone. I said, that's exactly what I said. And I told her, you know, I cuss when I get very passionate about you you queens and princesses out here. And I said, it's time to call 911. So she called the police before she did. She didn't chastise me because I understand that when I was in the crime world, that women and girls because I protected girls too there were times where girls were victims of street harassment and my um, protecting them to the point where pulling out my gun on these on these male pigs trying to get at girls too I was like oh no no and so with these with these with these guys I you know I remember the woman you know expressing gratitude and thanks toward me and plus in that world they were so death girls and women were so desperately protected they overlooked that a kid had a gun on him 
because they were so desperate to be saved and rescued from massage and that's exactly what the fuck happened and um I remember telling women like you know a lot of these guys are gonna do some misogynistic shit some male pig shit some male chauvinistic shit if you around around them I tried not to cuss around women but it's it was hard not to because the oppression and my anger, but they didn't care. So was, I felt like a double-edged sword. My grandma was like, try not to use such language around women. And it was rough. She never knew, like I said, that double living I was forced to do, but it happened. And um, it's not something to gloat about. I understand that, but that, you know, those guys went to jail, still in jail today. And, uh, this is, this is real fucked up. It's all fucked up. I guess, you know, abuse is an asswipe. It really is. Um, I mean, those women would hang out. We were still cool with each other. And so, they, they didn't tell on me. Because women and girls were like, anybody that protects us will never tell on them. Even if they do it in a way that they could bring, you know, law enforcement's attention. They, they were so desperate to be protected. That's what occurred. So anyway, that concludes the organized crime stories. And I actually will talk about um Religion and sex in the next next episode.